0: Hello, and welcome to the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. Today's guest is Guy Mayor, in the case of the detectable decline. This podcast is provided by the International Society of ArborCulture. The sound of the door slamming was followed by the thumping of boots. Code had entered the study and pointed to my headphones. Hey, Dendro, what you listening to? Is it true that Bach is best for reading comprehension? I set the book, pen, and clipboard on the table, pulled off the headphones, and clamped them over Coded's ears. His face crinkled with curiosity as he muttered the words he heard. Escape routes? Treatments? Arboriculture? What's better than Bach for reading comprehension? I asked. Try listening to a podcast on the topic while you read about it. The next one in the Science of Arboriculture podcast archives is all about your favorite tree associates, fire ants. Coda grimaced as he checked the welts on his wrists. I had paused and lifted off the headphones. We can hear the rest on the way to our next case. As Coda drove, I caught him up on the backstory. I met Dagny Spirandi, well, presenting to Master Gardeners four years ago. She had a deep appreciation for oak trees, as many Swedes do. Her questions on the structure of trunks were probing, and, well, she had a grand old oak that was hit by lightning, so I paid her a visit. Eyeballing the scar with my binoculars, I saw that it ended near the peak of the neighbor's metal roof, lower trunk and buttress undamaged. The oak seemed eminently worth conserving. The contractors that I referred said they had no problems with my specifications for sounding tests, bark tracing, and the lightning protection system, but I never did get back to see her. The tree, I mean. I blinked and shook my head quickly to clear it. Now, her neighbor, who shares part of the trunk, sent her a report stating the tree should be removed. Our job is to assess the tree and review and respond to the report. Let me guess. Coda turned to me, sardonically. I do the aerial assessment, and you wear the white hat and point. Something like that. (laughs) I laughed. On a smaller assessment job, I'll let you dictate a draft into your smartphone. According to Dagny's email, our neighbor's arborist... I have a good idea who, noted dieback in the upper crown, epicormic sprouting, limited rooting area, old age, and excessive pollen and acorn production. Wrong tree, wrong place. The only end to this mortality spiral is removal. I resumed the podcast for Codet, making time to mull over the conditions as I copied them to our assessment form. The podcast ended, so Codet switched on the jazz. Diagnosing this oak's decline will require deductive reasoning. "'Pulling observations and analysis into a specified solution,' I added. "'But enough speculation. Back into that driveway, and we will see for ourselves.' "'I hopped out and walked behind, confirming the coast was clear, as Coded had parked the car. "'He met me at the tailgate, looked up, and marveled as he grabbed his gear. "'Wow! That tree sure is a beauty! I can't wait to show you how it looks from above!' "'Me neither!' came a melodious voice from behind us. Dagny was not as tall or as brunette as I remembered, But the same air of amusement emanated from her. That report caught me by surprise. I had no idea my tree had so many problems. I'd like to know your view, and the age of the tree. You'll get many views, Miss Brandy. Codet cinched his saddle and pointed upward. I'll ascend to that fork near the very summit to measure the height, then inspect these areas of concern. From the ground, we can't see the dieback with any detail. Good plan, Codet. Up you go. I grabbed my binoculars and led Dagny to a better view of the crown, from the lounge chairs on the deck. I love the way you have mulched your yard, and planted that stoloniferous ground cover to accompany your tree. Looks to be about 85 feet, 25.9 meters tall. Size is so much more interesting than age, don't you think? Hmm, your specifications on landscaping were easy to follow, but those dead branches in the top concern me. She replied, scowling as she followed the jiggling green dot of my laser pointer. There seemed to be more this year. I thought that sprouts were good, but this report says they are signs the tree is in mortality spiral. Not all sprouts are the same. Where they grow may tell us why they grow, but we'll talk about that and spirals later, I assured her. The tape measure slid to the ground, and I rose to retrieve it, but not fast enough. Dagny's limbs propelled her across the yard. Under you, I called to coat it. She held the tape to the ground, nodded, and brought it back. I wished I had eight eyes as I watched her, and the tree, and Codit breaking off dead twigs. He examined them closely as he pulled them apart. Codet then gripped the living branch around the sprouts with both his bare hands. "'How's it looking up there, Limwalker? walker?' There was a humming in my pocket. "'Just fine,' Codet said on the speakerphone. "'I'll take pictures of these sprouts.' He tapped his screen a few times. I opened Kodit's email and showed Dagny the image of the sprouting, as she showed me the tape." 87 feet, 26.5 meters, taller than I imagined possible. Her eyebrows raised. May I sample the scallion from your garden while you show me how you've carried out my specifications for root care? I swallowed the last of the scallion and half-turned in my deck chair. One eye on the tree and one on Dagny. The branch dieback is concentrated in the central leader, so it seems directly related to the lightning damage, which the report did not mention. Your tree has no epicormic sprouts, which typically arise between growth points, called nodes. These can indicate a strain and intense demand on the tree's system. The sprouts on the screen here can arise at a node next to a branch, where performed buds lay dormant. This pattern of regrowth can go on indefinitely. Dr. Trevorkian's report did not mention this. No. So you can tell me who wrote this? Some years there are more acorns than others, but last year was a bumper crop and they complained about the noise on their metal roof. This report says the tree is in a panic to reproduce, another sign of this mortality spiral. Her brows were knitted with worry. Is death inevitable? Many factors contribute to acorn production. Many factors contribute to acorn production and tree decline, which creates the impression that it's very complicated. But it is not, I emphasize. Trevorkian's impressions are based on looking at the past and jumping to the future. Such a reactive, one-way approach makes it hard to diagnose problems and prioritize solutions. We follow the ISA's best management practices on tree risk, systematically examining the present biological state of organisms and ecosystems, then... Analyzing them in a multidirectional matrix, this approach reveals arboricultural escape routes for trees out of decline spirals. Ventro's not so smart. We just heard that in the podcast. Codeit sauntered up sassily and slipped me a book on arboriculture. Even spirals that seem inescapable can be slowed down. For instance, advanced basal decay, high winds, and overextended branches add to one such spiral. We can't do away with the first two factors, but the third can change in a hurry. Plus, the possibility of propping or other supplemental support. The matrix approach is more like real life. Recognizing a number of causal combinations, these point to treatments that improve the tree's condition, like managing the lightning damage and improving root health. My assistant really had been paying attention as he drove. I opened the book and read. Old trees that are weak and dying back can be kept healthy and attractive for years by removing the weak-growing and dying limbs from the outside, especially the top. Remove weak and failing branches after leaves fall, so more resources can sink into the tree. No need to prune now, the dead ends are not large enough to hurt anything, in the unlikely event they should shed in one piece. They typically crumble from the tips. The only person using the yard regularly is me. Mitigating Trevorkian's issue of limited root area by maintaining the mulch and plantings that you specified." Dagny was looking relieved by our assessment. "'As you told me, at the time, that work is vital considering how the neighbors extended their house in their half. I trust that I am safe under this canopy?' The time was right to wrap it up. I first heard of the decline spiral in a pathology class way back when Codit was just a glow in his mother's eye. Ecologists and arborists like Dr. Trevorkian exaggerate this trend as a mortality spiral for which they prescribe proactive euthanasia, but consider signs of adaptive growth and rejuvenation, like this interior sprouting, all around the crown in tree time. Can you conceive that your tree may never grow beyond 87 feet, but that it is nowhere near death? Dagny leaned back in her chair and took it all in. So, my tree will grow upward no more? Her eyes relaxed as she turned to me. "'You know, my last name, Spirandi, is Swedish for sprouting. As outer branches are shed and interior replacements arise, my tree is growing downward. As veteran oaks in Sweden do, your report will describe this graceful and gradual aging, and dispel the myth of the mortality spiral.' "'Yes, ma'am,' I gushed, gratified by her grasp of the grand event slowly unfolding before us. I fell deeper into her eyes, at a rare loss of words. Kodit cleared his throat and stood up. I guess uh, I'll sample some roots and soil and get more pictures from different angles. We don't want to myth anything. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. You can earn CEUs for this podcast. Just use the code DD8633 to complete the quiz. And stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture.